KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzay Torah. Today is Wednesday. We have the weekly shiur on the philosophy of the Vilna Gaon and his school by Havav Aliyakim Kramban. Shalom. In our last session, we began to investigate the Hasidic controversy. We briefly examined the early stage of this controversy, which, as you recall, broke out in Tafkuf Lamid Bet, 1772. And uh, we saw that the Gra was the main mover behind the stern opposition to the Hasidic movement. And we saw the reasons given for this stern opposition. We noted that the writings and the cherem, or the polemic literature, which relates to the anti-Hasidic thoughts at this stage of the game, basically related to the Hasidic movement as a deviant sect, which had to be eliminated. We saw that one of the main uh, objections of the Mitnagdic mainstream to the Hasidic movement was based on their strange practices of uh, eating and drinking and merrymaking and spending a lot of time on tefillah at the expense of what was commonly held to be the main recommended occupation of the religious Jew, namely Tamut Torah. Uh, we also saw that in Hasidic ideology, this preoccupation with normal physical activity, such as eating and drinking, was explained by the, the Noam Elimelech in terms of a basic Hasidic doctrine called Avodah Begashmiyut, serving God through materialistic pursuits, through corporeality. As you recall, Rabbi Elimelech of Lizensk, in the passage that we dealt with, sees the worship of Hashem through physical activity to be actually, potentially, on a higher level than the worship of Hashem through Torah and mitzvot. And this is precisely because of the paradox involved in such worship. Worshipping Hashem through Torah and mitzvot, well, that's, uh, that's no big deal. Anybody can do that. Torah and mitzvot have their inherent, san- inherent sanctity. They're inherently related to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, of course, the person who's learning Torah is serving God. That goes without saying. But to serve God even when you're not doing mitzvot, even when you're not learning Torah, when you're involved in, in activities which have nothing to do with spirituality at the surface level, to worship God even in that situation, now that's really something. And in the passage we saw, this was the initial sentiment, that really this type of Avodat Hashem, Avodat Begashmiyut, takes the center stage. And the other forms of Avodat Hashem, the more traditional ones, are secondary in nature. Masrot Siag Osher, Rabbi Elimelech said. The Masrot, which is a mitzvah, that plays second fiddle to Osher, to the pursuit of Parnassah, as a form of serving God. 
And later in the passage, we saw that Abelimelech somehow uh, moderates this emphasis, this heavy emphasis on serving God through Avodah Begashem Yud. And he winds up by saying, meaning that Torah and Mitzvot can serve as an equivalent substitute for Avodah Begashem Yud. They're on the same level. But it's certainly, even according to Rabbi Lemelech's conclusion, cannot be said that serving Hashem through Torah and Mitzvot is in, in any way superior to serving Hashem in this uh, innovative Hasidic way. Today, today we're going to uh, delve a bit more deeply and see how the Mitnagdim handle this argument and essentially what the root of the issue is. We will consult a pub- public letter written by the Vilna Gaon at a later stage of the controversy. This letter was written in Tafkuf Nun Zayin, shortly before actually the passing away of the Vilna Gaon, uh, 1797. And in this uh, letter, this anti-Hasidic polemic of the Vilna Gaon, the Vilna Gaon uses a phraseology which I think is new. It's indicative of a changed attitude towards Hasidut. For example, in criticizing Hasidut, the Vilna Gaon says, "V'torat Moshe Morasha yachritu brit chadasha asot hamazimata harabim bevet Hashem." Or, for example, later in the letter he says, "Hoy al haroim haraim shabahem shabadumi libam mishpat chadash v'opin chadat mishpat chadash anu loa." Opin Chadat in Aramaic also has the same connotation. A new teaching, Torah Chadasha. Vilna Gaon is offering here what to him is a withering criticism of Hasidut by calling it a Brit Chadasha, something new, something unheard of. Uh, Brit Chadasha, of course, sounds like the phrase for the New Testament in Hebrew. And I don't know if the Vilna Gaon actually intended to compare uh, Hasidut to the Christian theology, but the similar phraseology and the parallel is not lost on us. And in any event, this phrase of Brit Chadasha indicates that the Vilna Gaon is now aware that he's being faced with a new ideology which has to be taken seriously. It's not a mere deviant sect which can be eliminated out of hand, but we have a new way of thinking about Judaism and about Avodat Hashem, which has to be confronted seriously. What is the content of this Brit Chadasha and the Vilna Gaon's conception? We will read a few more lines from this letter. Uh, when he criticizes the Hasidim, he writes as follows: "Dor maramu inav umilin letzad ilah yemalilu." They say improper things about ilah, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Most High. What do they say? 
Ela Elohecha Yisrael, kol eitz v'chol even. Umegalim panim b'Torah shrok ha'alacha b'pasuk, Baruch kvod Hashem imkomo. Uvapasuk, fatam achayet kunam. The Vonnegon is referring here to Hasidic interpretations, which he considers very problematic, of the Pesukim Baruch Kvod Hashem Im Komo, and of the Pesuk Fatam Achayet Kulam. He also refers to this Hasidic idea, which he, of course, uh, phrases derisively. The Hasidim say, Ela Elohecha Yisrael, Kol Eitzfachal Evin. Now, what does the Vonnegon have in mind over here? Uh, there's a well-known Hasidic doctrine, which today is a very popularly known. There's a spark of divinity in, in everything, even in material objects, trees, stones, grains of sand. The uh, Balatanya, in his book, writes about this. And a further statement, which we can read from uh, the Tzadaa of the Bar Shem Tov. Every phenomenon in the world, whether it's physical, a physical object, or a, a human action, even an avera, even a sinful action, everything has a spark of divinity within it. Why? Because God is everywhere. Baruch Kvod Hashem imkomo means that the place of God is in everything. Uh, this view of God being everywhere and there being a spark of divinity in everything, as I say, is today very popularly known. However, if we think back about the Vilna Gaon's philosophy of life and his ethical approach, we dealt at some length with the worldview of the Vilna Gaon, and we saw that it was very dualistic. The foundation of the way the Vilna Gaon viewed life, the way he viewed the world, the way he viewed the cosmos, was that there's an essential rift which divides everything, all of reality, into two parts. There's the world of holiness, of spirituality, to which is connected Torah and Mitzvot. And there's this world, the world of profanity, the world of secularism. If you remember, the Vilna Gaon spoke about Yonah Hanavi as a metaphor for the soul being sent forth from Hashem into the world, into the stormy ocean, the turbulent uh, world full of enticement and materialism. And the purpose of the person being sent forth into this very dark, stormy, torturous existence is to do Torah mitzvot and eventually come back to dry land, which is Olam Haba. 
This world is a world which is very far from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However, we have the way of connecting up to him somehow through Torah or Mitzvot. Uh, this view is starkly opposed to this Hasidic philosophy, which the Vilna Gaon referred to here derisively, God is everywhere, from an ontological point of view. And he uses the phrase, Ela Elohecha Yisrael, Of course, you know where it says in the Torah, Ela Elohecha Yisrael. This uh, sentence, this declaration, was made by Am Yisrael in one of their non-glorious moments, Chet Egel. And the Vilna Gaon is strongly implying that he thinks that this Hasidic doctrine borders on Avodah Zarah and maybe it even crosses the border. Now, I'd like to say a bit more about where this controversy comes from. Uh, there's a tr- traditional Hasidic exposition of this point which can be found in the writings of Chabad. And for the first time, I think it's found in a letter which written by the Balatanya himself. And the Hasidim say that the controversy between the, Has- the Hasidim and the Nagdim, headed by the Vulnagon, revolves around a point of theology. It's actually a question of interpretation of a basic Kabbalistic doctrine one of the most famous uh, uh, Yisodot, which was formulated by the Ariya Kadosh. The age-old problem that all philosophers and all mystics in the Jewish tradition have dealt with is the problem of the existence, existence of the world. The only true existence is the existence of God. Before the world was created, only God existed, and his existence is absolute, infinite, all-encompassing, and does not allow for the existence of anything else. So how is it that the cosmos came to be? Of course, God can do anything, but in thinking about it, uh, God creating the world sounds akin to the age-old problem of, can God create a rock which is so heavy that he can't pick up? The whole idea of the existence of something other other than God, if we really accept the fact that his existence is so absolute, uh, this idea that something else can, can be appears to be almost a contradiction in terms. And in order to solve this problem, the Ariya Kadosh introduced this concept of tzimtzum, contraction. That is, in order for the world to exist, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to somehow contract himself. I put the word contraction in quotation marks and I immediately qualify it. When we speak about tzimtzum, contraction, in, in relation to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of course, chas v'shalom, we don't mean that there's some kind of spatial contraction. The way we say that uh, a, 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 a garment that was in the laundry somehow shrinks, chalila. We're not talking about anything like that. The Baruch Hu 
He doesn't exist within the three dimensions of space. He's above the whole uh, concept of spatial existence. Chazal put this in their uh, unique way when they say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mekomo Olam Notice the whole concept of place, a three-dimensional place, is something which God created, and which He supports with His existence, but His own existence is beyond all this. So when we talk about Tzimtzum, contraction, in relation to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we must be aware, of course, that this is a concept which we, we can't ever fully understand. But in general terms, we're talking about a kind of existential contraction, that somehow HaKadosh Baruch Hu ontologically is withdrawing his, the absoluteness of his existence in order for it to become possible for something else to come into being. Uh, now, the, the Hasidim looked at this uh, doctrine and they gave it a certain interpretation. They said that when the Ari Kadosh talked about Simtsum in relation to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he did not mean, even in the sense that we said it, even in the ontological sense, that there was an actual contraction of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that somehow that there was a real change in reality which came about by dint of the world being created. No, that's not what happened. And they held that the concept, concept of Tzimtzum has to be understood in a novel way, which they called Tzimtzum Lokipshuto, the non-simplistic understanding of the Tzimtzum. Because the Hasidim held that even after HaKadosh Baruch Hu built and, and, and created the world, but Khalila, he's not contracted in any way. And his existence is all-filling and absolute and all-encompassing, just as it was before. And the fact that we, need to, we see now a world around us which appears to be devoid of elokut, devoid of divinity, this is an illusion. It's not really that way. And when, Baruch Hu, when we say that Kaddish Baruch Hu withdrew himself in order to make space for the world to come into existence, what really happened is that the Kaddish Baruch Hu was concealing himself in order to make it appear that something else exists other than himself. So when we are faced with what appears to be an independent, independent existence, we should know that in reality, everything is divinity. And everywhere that we turn, every object that we see, every action that we do, everything really encloses within it uh, divinity, but it's simply divinity concealed. And the purpose of man is to unmask the reality, to arrive at a realization that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really everywhere. And then we, ri- we arrive at the next stage, according to the Hasidim, which is that reality, once we are aware of what r- the real reality is, then the physical existence around us stops concealing, and it actually becomes a revelation of divinity. This is the Hasidic doctrine, and from this flows their concept that God is everywhere, 
And also from here flows their doctrine that God can be worshipped simply by relating properly to the physical reality around us. God can be revealed. Not only can he be, not only can he be revealed, but this is our mission in life, to reveal him precisely in those places where he appears to be concealed. And this is why Rabbi Elimelech of Lizensk, why his initial religious intuition told him that the main type of Avodat Hashem is Avodah B'Kashmiyut. Because revealing the Kaddish Baruch Hu in Torah and Mitzvot, that's a simple matter. Of course the Kaddish Baruch Hu is found in the Torah. Of course he's found in Mitzvot. But our job is to find the Kaddish Baruch Hu even where there is no Torah. Even when we're not engaged in Mitzvot. That, ostensibly, is even more important than worshipping Hashem in the more traditional forms. Uh, this is the Hasidic view, and the Hasidim put this uh, interpretation of the doctrine of Tzimtzum in opposition to the what they call the Mitnagdic view, which is Tzimtzum Kipshuto, the simple or the simplistic understanding of Tzimtzum. According to the simplistic understanding of Tzimtzum, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did actually, somehow, in some way, contract himself or withdrew the absoluteness of his reality and made it possible for other reality. This is the miracle of Yesh Me'ayin, of calling into existence something which did not and could not exist if not for the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But once this happened, there is really another existence. There is, is really another realm distinct from the realm of divinity. Hence, the traditional view of dualism, which the Vonnegon uh, used as the foundation of his ethical approach. As we saw, we are now earthbound as long as we are in this world, in this life. This is our fate to struggle with the forces of darkness, even with the forces of evil, even with the forces of profanity, and maintain our steadfast commitment to the ideals which here are not at home, but which derive and are sustained by the reality of the next world, of Olam Habba. Uh, Hence, the stern opposition of the Vilna Gaon to the uh, Hasidic view here that sees the divinity in every physical object. And I'd like, on the, uh, on the basis of what we said, I'd like to erase a certain misconception which might arise. Uh, it might, someone who, who was first exposed to this difference of opinion might think that the difference between the Vilna Gaon's viewpoint and that of the Hasidim is a question of Nigle versus Nistar. As the Hasidim are taking a Kabbalistic viewpoint, which sees that God is everywhere, and the Vilna Gaon is taking a more uh, rad- rationalistic, rationalistic view, which holds that God is outside of our world, but our world is the world which is governed by natural law and uh, the physical apparatus which we all are familiar with, and this is basically a philosophical viewpoint, non-Kabbalistic. 
However, it should be clear on the basis of what I've said that this is not true at all. Uh, Vilna Gong, when he opposes the Hasidim, is opposing them as a Kabbalist, which he certainly was. And the Hasidic interpretation of the doctrine of Tzimtzum is certainly an innovation, even a revolution, uh, in relation to the preceding Kabbalistic doctrine. The traditional Kabbalistic view, even uh, if we talk about the Kabbalists, which are which were the who were the disciples of the Ariya Kadosh, the Kabbalists of Tzfat in the 16th century, the traditional view is basically the same as that of the Vilnagon. In order, when the and when the Kabbalists talk about the Vekut, about communion with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, mystical union. Uh, they are basically referring to an act of withdrawal from this world and connection with the transcendental one. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to be found in the heavenly spheres, in the transcendental reality. And in order to attach to him, in order to commune with him, we must withdraw from this world and cleave to the other world. Uh, and this is, as I say, the traditional Kabbalistic viewpoint uh, from time immemorial, even the earliest Kabbalistic writings, the Merkava Kabbalism and the uh, Sefer Chalot, they all discuss uh, Kabbalistic experiences which involve people uh, leaving this earthly existence, even though they're still alive, and attaching themselves uh, to the heavenly spheres. So the Hasidic viewpoint is certainly a, an innovation and a revolution uh, by any standard. Now, uh, the Vilna Gaon, in the letter which we just read, is now keenly aware of the intense theological challenge posed by the Hasidim. And he's also keenly aware of what he sees as the potential danger, or even, I would say more than that, that the potential disaster of even catastrophic proportions which this Hasidic movement uh, potentially held. Because just as we've seen that the Hasidim developed on the basis of this doctrine a new idea of how to worship Hashem, worshiping Hashem not only through traditional Torah and mitzvot, but even through simple physical activity, uh, this was only the beginning. The Vilna Gaon foresaw, and certainly uh, with a high degree of accuracy, that this new approach simply had to lead to what he calls here Mishpat Chadash, Fupan Chadat, Torah Chadasha. He foresaw that this uh, new approach, which is essentially theological, simply had to translate in itself into a t- an entirely new set of practices. And from the Vilna Gaon's point of view, this novelty, these innovations are anathema. Because as we've seen, the test of truth in Torah, the test of veracity, according to the Vilna Gaon, the litmus test is mainly not the internal coherence of a given viewpoint. 
the test is ultimately, is it grounded in the sources? Does it have a makor? Is it clearly enunciated in Chazal, in the Nevi'im, in the Torah Shebikhtav? And the very possibility of creating a new order of religious practice, which uh, is not grounded in this, but is somehow uh, intuited by the Hasidic masters on the basis of this intuition that now we can worship Hashem through sparks of divinity which we identify uh, within reality. Uh, now this, this, this idea to him is, is novelty and its novelty is its undoing from a theological point of view. I'll close this uh, session by quoting a remark of uh, the disciple of the Vilnagon, Reb Chaim of Velazhin, who, like his master, was sternly critical of this Hasidic approach. And in his book, Nefesh HaChaim, he gives us a glimpse of some of, some of what, he co- what he considers to be the great damage done by this approach. He writes, Zetorat kol ha'adam, v'na'asam ashal gam b'fik silim neymor. Right, simple people, fools, they simply mouth this, this saying, halo b'chol makom v'chol davar hu elokut gamur. Everything is divinity. Divinity is everywhere. Ve'inam v'libam kol ha'yamim l'hamik ulayen b'zeh. And their major religious concern is all the time to think about this and concentrate on this. Earlier in this year, I quoted from the Balatanya, who actually recommended that everyone should devote a lot of time thinking about this idea, how God is everywhere. But the Rupchaim Velazhin sees this is, this is totally misguided. Gam na'arim arim, People, simple uh, uh, children who hardly know anything. Mam shechul hu People develop a whole system, a whole approach of Avodat Hashem based on this totally misguided and faulty and wrong principle. Uh, in our next year, we'll uh, follow this basic fundamental theological controversy and uncover more of its ramifications, both in the realm of practice and in the realm of ideology.